Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. It's Super Bowl week here at One Hit Thunder, and to celebrate, we're playing fast and loose with the term hit, so we can discuss multi-sport athlete-turned-musician Deion Sanders and his 1994 single, Must Be the Money. If you were a sports fan in the 90s, you knew how electrifying primetime was on the field, but did he match that intensity on the mic? Hammer seemed to think so, even if the public at large didn't necessarily agree. Stay tuned so you can, at the very least, be impressed with Neon Dion's sports accomplishments. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder? Or is it one hit thunder? Matt, it's Super Bowl week. I know you're excited. And I'm also excited to hear what your relationship with Dion Sanders is, and is it <laughs> this song that we're talking about today? <laughs> uh, Chris, you know, if I did want to give myself extra editing work, I want to say this right out the gate. Most people know that we like do a lot of early pre-recording on our show. We like to have a nice, you know, evergreen back catalog. I I always wanted for the TikTok for us to talk about what teams we're playing in the current Super Bowl while blocking our mouths, and then we'll just. <laughs> add the I, team I really think folks are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's the thing with Deion Sanders. Obviously, I have never been a sports kid, but there are obviously certain people who are so famous mm-hmm. that you just, I just know their name. I have known the name of Deion Sanders as long as I can think of. Same with like Michael Jordan. Um, you know, growing up in Philly, a name like Mike Schmidt was a name that I just knew very I knew a lot of the the Phillies of the nineties 
pretty well, like John Cruck. But like John Cruck, yeah. Alan, yeah. How about Allen Iverson? Yeah, Allen Iverson. Like there was like those names that you couldn't escape. Deion Sanders was absolutely one of them. Um, a person whose name is probably going to come up more than once in this episode, Shaquille O'Neal. You know, another sure. <laughs> another athlete turned musician. How about uh, Bo Jackson? Was Bo Jackson a, a name you knew? I feel like that's a name I know more now. Like just mm. listen, because. Also, like the world of podcasting, there are so many podcasters I like who also like sports. So, like, I'll hear them reference right. sports stuff, and I'll be like, "Okay, I've I've got that." But I don't know. It's it's the same with I would say the flip side would be like you don't really watch wrestling, but you you know who like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage is because they sure. were, or you know who John Cena is. You know, like it's just like some of these people become so famous and become known for so much more than just the fact that they are this one particular thing. Right. Um, and Sanders was one of those. I know that he was famous for his like touchdown dance celebrations and that, that maybe, I don't know, maybe That's is that a connection? That's all you know about him? You just I know, know his touchdown dance celebrations? He did some, I couldn't even tell you what teams he played for. Uh, I know, I know that uh, when doing research for this, this was an interesting thing. Uh, I, I did know that he played baseball and football. Yeah. And That's I did why not I asked know you if you knew who Bo Jackson was because yeah. Bo Jackson did that too. I did not know that he is the only player to win a Super Bowl and a World Series in their career, mm-hmm. and that in 1992 he became the only person to hit a home run and score a touchdown in the same week. It's crazy. It's That's crazy. Cra- I to think that he played for two different teams simultaneously like that. I don't yeah. think you could even let that happen in 2023. Yeah, Bo Jackson did it as well, and we'll get to that. But I, I want to give you a background on how incredible Teach Deion me. Sanders really was. Uh, in high school, he went to high school in Fort Myers, Florida. He was a letterman in all state in football, basketball, and baseball. In 1985, he was named to the Florida High School Association all-century team, which selected 33 players in the 100-year history of high school football in Florida. He's one of those 33 players. So, Jesus. Okay. Okay. You're going to say Jesus a lot in here when I tell you this stuff. He was picked by the Kansas City Royals in the sixth round of the 1985 draft right out of high school. The Kansas okay. City Royals are a baseball team, Matt. Uh, but he, he didn't sign with them. He wanted to go to college. He went to Florida State, where he played football, baseball, and ran track. He started for Florida State uh, in the secondary as a freshman. He played outfield for the baseball team that finished fifth in the nation, and then he helped lead the track and field team to a conference championship as a freshman. Okay, Um, jam. In college, he was the two-time consensus All-American quarterback in 1987 and 1988. He intercepted 14 passes in his college career, including three bowl games, and he managed to return one interception for 100 yards for a touchdown, breaking the interception return record when he did that. Okay, damn. Uh, All right. So he's impressive. He In 1988, he won the Jim Thorpe Award as the best defensive player in the nation in college. Okay. He was also a standout punt returner, and he led the nation with his punt return average, and he broke the school's record for punt return yards. His batting average in baseball in college was 331, and he stole 27 bases. And then on May 16th of 1987, he played in the conference semifinal baseball game. Then he ran a a, the four by 100 relay with the track team. Then okay. he returned to play in the baseball championship game against Cincinnati. 
the Florida State track team won the conference and the baseball team won the championship. <laughs> Holy hell. Chris, that's let just me ask college. You, yeah, let me ask you a question then. To bring it back to this episode for a second. So does that mean that primetime is the only thing that he wasn't like the best of the best at doing at this point in his life? Like this album made no ripples at all when oh. it came out. I mean, it was this was it was a little bit later, but he already he was already primetime. He got that nickname from a friend. You know how he got that nickname? How? So his friend that he w- ended up going, I think he, eh, I don't think he went to college with him. I think it was in high school, but this dude was a college football player. I actually have his name. Let me give him credit. Oh, he, he was a Florida Gators defensive back, Richard Fain. Uh, they would play pickup basketball games together during the primetime television hour. And that's okay. where his friend gave him the nickname primetime. He's also known as Neon Dion. I was going to ask, I thought I saw the words Neon Dion a few times. Was yeah. that just for the clothing? Like, did he wear like really flashy flamboyant no. colors or something? All right. No. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that one came from. I, I think it just because it rhymed. <laughs> Makes um, sense. Okay. So now let's get into his professional career because this is going to lead to his musical career. Uh, he was drafted by the Yankees in baseball in 1988. And then he made his major league baseball debut in May of 1989. In 1989, at the NFL scouting combine, do you know what the combine is, Matt? Is is that like, I don't know. I know that there's like the football draft. Is that where the draft happens? Before the draft, where all the players who are going to get drafted or want to get drafted, they go, most of them go to this thing where they can do all kind of skills competitions and like. Okay, they're kind of just like. (laughs) I hate to put off. it in this, but it's like being like a show dog, essentially. It's like, yeah. all right, who are the people that we want to bring in to right. show to the other people? Yeah. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And it's like an audition. End all, and it's not the end all be all because players could have a bad combine and be an amazing player. It doesn't always work that yeah. way. But at the combine, Dion ran a 4-2-7 40-yard dash. That is insane. You know, it's something I've never done. I want to see what my 40 time is. I don't know what my 40 time is because these dudes that run four twos and four threes, that's so insanely fast. Like I, I don't even know how to put it in words. How fast I feel like you're is. saying words. I don't understand, which means that possibly listeners don't. What is a 40 time? <laughs> yeah. How much time it takes you to run 40 yards. Okay. So gotcha. running it like you'll hear the best, like a, an awesome 40 time is is a 4.440. Uh, that's 4.4 seconds you ran 40 yards. So like a, a, a 10 yards a second, essentially. Yeah, 10 yards yeah. a second, which is crazy. And he did three point something. 4.27. Oh, 4.27. Like, you're talking okay, about so fractions of a second, of a second. Yeah. difference, but it makes all the difference. So after that combine, he was the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft by the Atlanta Falcons. When he was in the NFL, he ran back his second ever punt for a touchdown in the second oh, attempt Jesus. of his first game. Yeah. yeah okay, I even know that that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> and then, like you said, during the 1989 season, he hit a home run and scored a touchdown in the same week, becoming the only player ever to do that. Uh, he's also the only person to play in both a Super Bowl and a World Series. Yeah. Uh, and I both. think he won both of them. That's correct. Yeah. That's um, insane. So... I brought up Bo Jackson. Now, I was a Bo Jackson guy. I It's funny. 
I just recently, you know, came across some old family videos where I had my Bo Jackson Christmas, which was hilarious. I got like <laughs> so much Bo Jackson stuff. It's what I wanted. I yeah. wanted a Bo Jackson jersey and a Raiders sweatshirt and a Raiders hat and Bo Jackson cards. And I just wanted everything Bo Jackson. Whereas Neon was very like a show off. Bo Jackson was more just like a badass. Humble. Okay. You know? I, and, so it's funny. You brought up the Raiders. And for me, we're talking, God, maybe 94, 95. I'm, I'm in elementary school still. For whatever reason, even though I didn't watch any sports, there would come a time where there'd be like, almost like the book fair, but it was like a clothing thing where you could like order things to be delivered to the school that were like sports jackets or like blankets or whatever. And I, it was almost like I wanted the kids to not know how much I didn't like sports. <laughs> so I would like buy things based on if I thought the logo was cool. Oh, yeah. And this is a long way of saying that I, I definitely had a fair share of Raiders things. Because oh. I thought the Raiders logo was cool. And I also had, and I've seen a lot of things online about this, so I'm not alone in this. I had nice. I had a lot of Charlotte Hornet stuff oh, because yeah, I thought Hornets. that cartoon Hornet was fucking awesome. Oh, and they had the, the colors like the whatever color that was. The yeah, aqua. the purple blue, like whatever. Yeah. yeah, I had like a blanket. Like I had a fleece with it. I definitely had a jacket. <laughs> like, oh man, the '90s were such a good time for like awesome. Like the San Jose Sharks was yeah. a cool one. Um, Pittsburgh always had cool. We always had black and gold and we had the penguins and Steelers. My dad once, and I may hit you up on this one of these days. My dad wants to own, he he's retired now. He's built himself a little sports bar in the back of my parrot's house, but he wants the wall to be a, a baseball hat for every single team in the MLB. <laughs> so okay. he's trying to, but he said his one regret was he went and saw the Phillies play in Pittsburgh and forgot to grab mm. a hat while he was there. Gotcha. Uh, so you know, if you go to a game, I might ask you to get All him a right. hat for yeah, me. Yeah, I can help you. <laughs> Although I don't go to many Pirates games, but I didn't uh, think you did. But I was yeah. like, if you do, if you find yourself at a Pirates game, let me know because I may Venmo you some money for it. It's a, hat. a rough Pittsburgh team. It's a rough <laughs> Pittsburgh team to like. They don't win very often, Matt. They're not good. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to Neon Dion. Before we get to his music career, we got to talk about a couple other things. He eventually he played. Against Bo Jackson, the other two sport athlete, five times in baseball. And the most okay. memorable time being on July 17th of 1990 and what was billed the Bo and Primetime Show. And in that game, Bo Jackson had three home runs, to which wow. Deion Sanders said, Bo's one of the best athletes to ever put on a uniform. I think he's correct. Uh, it's wow, funny, right. Matt, I know you're not a sports guy, but did you ever play Tecmo Bowl? I didn't. Uh, I'll I'll tell you the sport the sport games that I played. Um, for whatever reason, I had soccer shootout for Super Nintendo. Okay. Played a lot of soccer shootout. Um, NBA Jam Tournament Edition obviously was big yeah, for me, awesome. and played like you know like the general like oh here's the snowboard like generic snowboarding yeah, but game I or asked generic you extreme sports. But I've never played a football game. I get too confused trying to play any type of football game. Okay, well. My point being that in Tecmo Bowl, it's like the the joke about Tecmo Bowl, which is true, is it was unfair to be the Raiders because you had Bo Jackson and he was his little character was so much faster than anyone else. Like you can watch YouTube's <laughs> of people just like 
taking Bo Jackson and running all over the field and no one can catch him like you know <laughs> like like running for like 200 yards on a 100 yard touchdown because he's just going up and down the field um yeah he was that good but we're Damn. talking about Dion who was the other Dion was no slouch uh he ended up winning the 1994 NFL defensive player of the year while playing for the 49ers and he recorded an end zone interception in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 29 against the Chargers earning him his first championship ring that's Dion I'm talking about um he then signed with the Cowboys in 1995, making him the highest paid defensive player in the NFL at that time. And he went on to help the Cowboys beat the Steelers in Super Bowl 30. So it's back-to-back Super Bowls he won. I know you know Dion is like a celebrity. He's known for his bandana, and yep. he's known for high-stepping into the end zone, followed by his touchdown dance celebrations. Now, I feel like nowadays every team has like entire team touchdown celebrations and stuff. But this still was at the time where people, it you players spiked the ball, but dances in the end zone they weren't as prevalent. Just curious, did people like it? Did people hate it, thinking it was really arrogant and like ruining the sanctity of the game, or was it like a fifty-fifty split of that opinion at the time? I would say it's fifty-fifty. I would say the adults hated it and yeah. kids loved it. And I think players realized more and more over time that dancing and make your, making yourself into a personality helped you land more endorsements and made you yeah. more well-known. And it just meant more money, you know? Yeah. And it's almost like you talked about wrestling. It's like you want people to know, oh, it's the guy who does the crazy dances. It's the guy who does whatever. And it it's a huge part of the game now. Yeah. No, 100%. I it's it's a it's an element of you have to present yourself as larger than life. I think that yes. there's I think that there's an element of why baseball is always kind of dipping in popularity is that there really isn't any like superstar baseball player right now that like is as known and beloved as like the fact that I know at least one or two like football players just based who, on who do how you much know coverage. in we're recording this in you know 2024 who are current football players that you know who they are i i know the kelsey brothers sure i, I know course. that there's them uh i know hurts that's somebody right yep yep <laughs> you're a philly guy he's philly's, <laughs> philly's quarterback I, yeah i hear names of philly's players but like you know what i mean like the like the kelsey brothers are like a prime example right now like they are Obviously, Taylor Swift is helping out a little bit there, but they are like superstar status right now. Like there's documentaries about them and this, that, and the other thing. I can't really think of like off the top of my head, like a baseball player that anybody, whether they watch baseball or not, would be like, oh, yes, him that's currently playing. I'm just curious who the larger than life. I'm sure you know Mahomes. Yeah, I was going to say, is there someone that's like Holmes? But yeah, Mahomes. <laughs> someone yeah. like Holmes. Okay. <laughs> you really don't know. You know about as much as my girlfriend. Uh, so, okay. All right. I, I get I get where you're coming from. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. 
I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Hey, one hit thunders, thunderheads, thunder buns. All right. I'll just go with One Hit Thunder listeners. This is Chris Demakes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Chris Demakes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song that they have written. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites such as Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurwitz, up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu, and even some of the artists that have been featured on One Hit Thunder. The show is even produced by One Hit Thunder host Chris Fafalius. What more could you possibly ask for? Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. I guarantee you'll like it, or we'll give you your money back. So here we are. It's December of 1994, and primetime has done it all except release an album. So who steps up to help him? MC Hammer. Hammer on, don't hurt him. On Busted <laughs> Records. And he releases his album, Primetime, featuring the single Must Be The Money, which is what we are here to talk about. We're finally talking about his song. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this just because it's the week of the Super Bowl. Like, this song didn't chart. I knew it, though. I knew it. I knew it too, actually. I weirdly right. knew this song when I heard it. You know, he performed it on SNL. Like it yeah. it was a thing. So we're talking about Deion Sanders must be the money because it was it was kind of a big deal when it happened. I'm trying to think at this point in time, you obviously had the eighty five Chicago Bulls put out a song. They didn't put out an yeah. album, but right. they put out the Super Bowl shuffle, which technically we could have done that. That's a more established hit than must be yeah, the but, money. But 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 this like, is actually... was this before or after Shaquille? This was after Shaq, right? Uh, I don't know what year that was. Because that was Fushnickens. I can't imagine Fushnickens was still popping in 94. I would have thought that gangster rap would have completely wiped all of that type of rap music off I'm the gonna map. Find, I'm finding out right now. Yeah. What year Look, was Shaq? Can we rock? That's when it he showed up. It was 1994. Oh, okay. So this was... Okay, so... All right. It was something in the air at that point yeah, in time. Athletes thought they could have music careers, too. <laughs> and they were right to a certain extent. Um, here's what I'll say. You're comparing Must Be the Money to the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah. Must Be the Money. This is, is a song. It's an actual <laughs> song. Um, 
that's one thing we could say about must be the money it is a song <laughs> uh, also the other thing we could say about must be the money is hey the chorus ain't bad no it, it's, it's not actually like, very good it's not like it sounds good and i think it was produced by Dallas Austin, who I always knew who Dallas Austin was because he produced the first Boys to Men album and what I probably knew him even more from, Another Bad Creation. And yeah. um, Dallas Austin eventually went on to work for LaFace Records, and then he was recruited to work on the debut album for, do you know who, Matt? No. TLC. Oh. And then- damn. After that, he worked with Madonna on Bedtime Stories. He produced TLC's Unpretty. He produced Pink's Don't Let Me Get Me and Just Like a Pill. And he produced Gwen Stefani's Cool. And he has three kids with Chili from TLC. So, Damn. Uh, Dallas Austin has had a big career. So he had something to do. I, to be honest, there were a couple other people listed as producers on this album as well. He was the first person listed. I tried to see who who produced individual songs. So there is a slight chance, but this sounds like this sounds good. So I kind of think it's probably Dallas Austin. Um, it's, it, this whole album, I did listen to the whole primetime album. Yeah. I think it's weird that it's referred to on Wikipedia. It says that he released a rap album. I don't think that this is rap. This feels way more like just general R and B. Like talking. Like, I thought you were going to say, it sounds yeah. more like he's just talking. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not, I, I mean, Shaq put out a rap album. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Diesel Power is a rap album. Yeah. This, this, I don't know what this is, but it sounds good. It's well produced. And like, I think my favorite thing about this Deion Sanders story is like this album came out, did not do well, didn't chart at all. Singles barely made a blip. He goes on SNL. He performs two songs off of it. Still no movement. Shows up in some MC Hammer music videos. And then even does another song with MC Hammer for, of all things, the Street Fighter soundtrack. Yeah, why not? (laughs) I I just, look, I I say this is a guy who is, you know, one of the greatest athletes ever in his prime, hence the name (laughs) Primetime. And he's just like, I can do it all. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do music too. Why not? And he did it. And it's not very good. Like, it's all right. He got the right people around him to help him make, make something that sounds good. The only thing that doesn't sound good are his parts. <laughs> when his verses are very bad. Well, let's talk about the verses real quick. Why not? Sure. So the first verse, he says, you know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, people's strange because things change. For the better and for the worse. So I called my mama and she said, baby, must be the money. Be the money. Must be the money. Then he goes on, says, I've got people wanting to be my friends, people I never knew, people I never thought about associating with. I don't know what it is. Talk to me. Check it out. Diamond Rolex with gaiters on my feet. Got two pairs for every day of the week. My hair done. My fingernails too. Six buttons down, don't know what to do, <laughs> must be the money. I, I I love the idea of being at just at the top of your game or whatever and making a song about how much money you have. <laughs> <laughs> and then poor people going out and spending their money to get an album uh, of a guy singing about how much money he has. <laughs> Listen, look, I'm going to say something really controversial for a second. 
I don't think that there is anything different on this song that you couldn't find on, say, Juicy sure. or Mo Money, Mo Problems by Notorious B.I.G. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, like, it is a thing. Hey, I used to be poor. I've got money, but the money's led to some problems, too. I mean, it's 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 all there. It must be the money. Uh, all right, so <laughs> it keeps me looking calm. It's got me rolling on strong. Limousines in first class I fly. I'm living large, and you know I can't deny. A drop top bends when I'm with my lady friends. <laughs> my truck's 6'4 with my homies making ends. Must be the money. <laughs> must be the money. Dion. Must be the money, and then I think this is the last. Oh no, no there's, there's still so more verses. So, there's so many lyrics there's to this so song. So many lyrics. So many right. ways to tell people how rich you are. <laughs> These women fall in love. Must be the money when I'm kicking it at the club, flashing lights on the dance floor. The DJ says my name as I make my intro. The place is packed. Nowhere to find a seat, but I'm prime. Don't worry, cause I'm sensing VIP. Must be the money. I got so many jewels. Six, <laughs> 26 with I all got this so loot. many jewels is probably the best line <laughs> 26 with all this loot to afford the way i live when the player's ball is at my crib and i if i make a better mansion on my land pools jacuzzis and my neighbors can't stand the way i live is oh so fat i got two ladies and prime time is all that. Oh, wait. That's the best line. The way I live is oh so fat. I got two ladies and prime time is all that. I, I, It's so funny. Like, this is the best he could do on these verses. I don't know. It's just, it's wild. Yeah. And this is, this is his outro. Come on, ladies. Sing my song. Or I'm sorry. You know I can't go wrong. Come on, ladies. Sing my song. The first thing people say is prime. Don't let money change you. Don't let money change you. I said, hey, don't let money change you. Because personally, I've got to change my wardrobe, my phone number, my address. Hey, my snakeskin shoes ain't going to change into gators. And my library cards aren't going to change into credit cards. You know what I'm saying? Don't let the money change you. To which I don't know what you're saying, actually. <laughs> Has the money changed him? Has the money not changed him? What's the... What's the I verdict don't know. here? I, I, I think the money may have changed him, honestly. I think the money may have changed him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's always been primetime. Maybe that's the point. Yeah, I don't know what the point is He's been primetime since the day he, he signed. <laughs> he's been primetime since the day he popped out into this world. That's right. That's right. And, Chris, I think we could probably bypass the Thunder Blunder side of well, things. because can we? Can we? I mean... Obviously, the song is a blunder, but who are we to tell Dion Sanders that well, he's anything right. but thunder? <laughs> did you listen to his other single, Primetime Keeps on Ticking? I absolutely did. This did was better. Must be the money was better than Primetime Keeps Ticking. For anyone listening, Primetime Keeps on Ticking does an interpolation of time keeps on ticking. Yeah, it's, it's, fly, it's fly, fly Like, fly an, like eagle an Eagle by Steve Miller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, but in the first line of that that song is... Playing two sports, not taking no shorts. Mess around, you might catch me on the basketball court. <laughs> I love that his songs. I love his music career is just him talking about his sports career. It's, it is. I would look. You know. You know how I would love this album is if the Deion Sanders athletic career didn't exist and it was yeah. just a guy who made an album about how good he was at sports and how rich he was then <laughs> if that was the case this might be one of my favorite albums because i kind of want to make that album now i want to make you i want to make an album where 
I brag about how much money I have and how good I am at sports. Maybe it's time for the world to come out of retirement and put out another EP oh, about yeah. how good you are at sports and how much money you oh, have. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Catch me on the deck hockey court. I'm at least, <laughs> I'm, I'm at least the 14th best player out there. <laughs> and, I, and I'm definitely, I got a hundred air. I got hundreds at the bank. Dion, he appeared in Hammer's Too Legit to Quit music video. And his mm-hmm. alter ego primetime, I didn't know it was his alter ego, but it showed up in Hammer's Pumps in a Bump music video. Yeah, the Pumps in a Bump video. The I, the controversially banned for being too sexy video. Well, he Pumps made in a, a Bump. I wonder, he might be in the second one that wasn't as sexy. Maybe. That's possible. And well, then, yeah, straight, straight to My Feet also came out at that time. Yeah. Street Fighter soundtrack. Right. And that featured Sanders on that. And that song... Charted at 57 in the United Kingdom. Yeah. I don't know why the people <laughs> of the United Kingdom like this. Uh, Hammer and Dion Sanders. Dion Sanders so collab. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, in 1995, listen to this. Dion Sanders was a spokesman for the Sega sports line of video games, as well as doing commercials for Nike, Pepsi, Burger King, Pizza Hut, and American Express. How can Jesus. you do... Burger King and Pizza Hut. Aren't they competing restaurants? I know that they're different types of food, but damn. Yeah, I guess so. I was going to say it'd be more controversial if it was Burger King and McDonald's or Wendy's at the same yeah, time. I guess. I guess pizza but I wonder, and... maybe they're under Yeah, they under the same umbrella? I guess not, maybe. because then you'd see Burger King's in those like Pizza Hut, KFC, Taco, Taco Bell. Yeah, combos. those three. Those three are an item. You like yeah. Taco Bell? Uh I got a new appreciation for it lately. Thanks. You got to get a Crunchwrap Supreme with a jalapeno sauce on it. It's damn good. My my thing with Taco Bell is that I I feel like I eat more food there than I would eat almost anywhere else feeling like I wouldn't get full from a norm. Mm-hmm. Like if I go to say McDonald's, I'm just going to get like a combo one and call it a day. But mm-hmm. like I don't know. Three soft shell tacos from Taco Bell isn't particularly filling. They're very small. So then all of a sudden I'm getting too You got to get a Crunchwrap. Crunchwrap will change your... I don't eat much fast food, but I will yeah. kill two Crunchwraps right well, now. Well, I, I will say, hey, for any of the listeners out there who don't already know this, they probably already know this. But if you're trying to eat vegan or just vegetarian... Taco Bell's probably yeah. the biggest fast food place that's got your back. Yep, yep. That's what I that's what I do. I get a bean Crunchwrap Supreme. Okay, anyway. Uh Deion Sanders, he retired from the NFL in two thousand one. He worked as an analyst on CBS until two thousand four. You know, and he's been he's been around for all these years. In twenty twenty one, you may not know this about Deion Sanders. I actually saw this last week and I didn't believe it because I couldn't find any more info on it. And I finally found more info on it today. He underwent Several foot surgeries on his left foot, and he had two of his toes amputated as a result of blood clots. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. In 2021. Um, And then he's been back in the news in recent year or two here because he's uh, in 2023. He's the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, They finished in his first season. They finished with a four and eight record after winning their first three games. Man, there was Colorado Buffaloes mania going on after those first three games because Colorado was one and 11 the season before. And they brought Dion in and he was making a world of difference. And his son, Shador, is the quarterback of the team, too. So, uh, you know, I think he recruited a lot of good players, but 
they ended up not having that great of a season. But he's back. He's coaching. And um, I don't know. I, I like I like Dion more now than I did then. At the well, time, it, I was way more of a Bo Jackson. because Bo Jackson now. was there yeah, yeah, back right. then. All right. Well, Chris, thank you for educating me. I'm going to be yeah. telling everybody about Deion Sanders now. I hope it'll so. Be, it'll be like when you watch a movie that's like 30 years old that was already like critically adored and you're trying to get conversations started. Sure. Hey, have you guys ever heard of the Lord of the Rings movies? I just hey. checked them out. They're pretty great. Hey, have you guys ever heard of Deion Sanders? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, with the riffraff that I hang out with, it's possible they don't. Yeah, (laughs) I believe that. Geekscape. On Geekscape, I'm sure there's not too many people that know who Deion Sanders is. Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band Punchline and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Now I See off the Punchline album Thrilled. Be sure to visit punchlinemusic.com for any upcoming news about the band. Our podcast is on Patreon now. Find us at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast for early access to episodes, bonus episodes, and a chance to vote on future songs for us to cover. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on any podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.